Hey Fadies, thanks for listening to Chapter 6, Episode 8 of The Fate of Ison. I'm DM Brad, and it is wicked, sweet, and or dope to have you here with us. Before we recap, I just want to give a shout out to our friends over at Dice Vault. They've been really supportive of our show and are even offering a massive 20% discount on dice and gaming accessories for our listeners. Just go to dicevault.com and use the promo code RESISTANCE. Ah, delicious. Go raid the Dice Vault today. In this episode, we are joined by our good friend Waffles from the Waffles and Mario Talk About Things podcast. So you know what? Let's jump into it. Last time, Arcus and Marley finally got off the mountain and got some much-needed R&R in the city of Stonemore. They bonded over stories of their various adventures and learned from Haydet that their hardest trials are yet to come. In the morning, they got makeovers at the famous Swallow-style salon, then ventured into what was once Banfall's domain, the Vice District of Stonemore. Okay, and we'll learn about Waffle's character soon. Um, Wait, I get a character? So, oh no, you're just here as a spectator. That's uh, right. I was going to say, like, was I meant to actually do work for this? Oh, oh no. <laughs> homework? Where's your homework? Here's, here's the thing. Waffle's has been sharing with me all of the homework <laughs> he's been doing, and it's a lot. Waffle's has written more about this character and the, the situation surrounding this character than I have about the world of Aizen. <laughs> oh, wow, have I? Wait, no, wait. There's a whole wiki about Aizen. So are you telling me there's a wiki out there about this character that's about to come out? I'm, I'm going <laughs> to Just a heads up, after this, you'd probably double the size of the wiki. Yeah, by the way, um, Waffles, you, you have my full and completely unbridled permission to update the wiki with information about this character oh, when, and, when and if you see fit. Thank you. I will be doing that. So bringing us into what happened last time so we've had one session since the live shows and it was very much a cool down session where they all got off the mountain they helped um they, they rested inside the flywag while shabs fixed it just enough to sort of make a crappy crash landing in the middle of the city of stonewall the the queen and her entourage got out of the flywag and went back to the castle shabs and the other goblin went off to shabs's workshop and Mali and Arcus and Hodge went to go rest at um, the Craft Heaven. And then in the morning, they got makeovers at Svalo style and went shopping for some armor for Mali. She wanted to upgrade to a half plate and a shield, which ups your AC to 19 when you're using it, which makes you not so squishy. And Arcus wanted to get some tiny mouse armor for rain. <gasps> Nice. Yeah, which is pure, which is purely going to be for flavor, because rain does just gets completely forgotten as soon as there's danger. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't want her to die, and <laughs> so I protect her in my pocket a lot. Cool. So they, uh, Haydet, almost gave them a mission. So <laughs> Marley got something out of the locker, and they heard Haydet's voice going, "Hey, there's a number," and then they closed it again. So they know that something is going on somewhere in the world. But they decided to investigate um, the Vice District, where two weeks ago, their buddy Banfor had been in charge and then left. <clears throat> and they would—they have learned just from rumors around town that the Vice District has been basically taken over by mice. Mice are in charge and no one's getting hurt. But everyone in the whole city knows that you just don't go there unless you want to deal with the mice. 
So we will pick it up there. You walk into the area designated as the Vice District, and I'll let Waffles take over as DM briefly, because he's going to explain to you what it is you see. Cool. Uh, So first off, forget the name Vice District. As you approach the Vice District, you see a wall that has been built out of what you can determine to be old buildings that were once part of the Vice District and are now part of this mighty wall that is surrounding the border of the district. And you see a gateway in the wall where you have access into what you, if you choose to, read on top of the wall is the words Ban for City. Take me down to the Ban for City. The screen and the girls are pretty. Yes. Uh, so I'm assuming you are walking into the new Bandfor City. Yeah. Cool. What would be your thoughts walking like in a gateway with Bandfor's name above it, being like, "That wasn't there two weeks ago." Marley's eye rolling, because that would be Marley. Agus <laughs> <laughs> is like that. That name sounds familiar. <laughs> Brilliant. Um. So as as you walk in, um, can you roll me a perception check? Ah, who's the I love DM this. now? Yeah, uh, Waffles right. is th- when you're in Bandful City. Waffles is the DM. Uh, fifteen. Uh, nineteen. Ooh, shiny! Great. So you guys pretty much see everything. Uh, so you enter, and uh, your first instinct is uh, that it's empty. That there's nothing here. That's been completely abandoned. But that is quickly overtaken when you see little mice scurrying everywhere. But they're not the the same mice that you uh, remember. They have little clothing on them. And some of them are are wearing armor and some of them are armed. And you look up on the walls and the walls are pretty much filled with battle mice, uh, all in their armor. And they've converted some uh, crossbows. Uh, into there's a word ballistas that's the word they've uh, so the walls are heavily defended uh, with uncountable numbers pretty much in the two weeks since you've last been there they've converted or they've started to convert what was the vice district into a mouse sized city so buildings are in a state of being dismantled and these tiny little mouse-sized cranes that are you know deconstructing and reconstructing uh, and as you look down you see mice uh, but they're riding cats and so they're battle mice riding cats but there's not just the battle mice there are other mice in wagons being pulled by guinea pigs and there's mice <laughs> that are riding rabbits uh, being chased by the battle cats and what you can sort of perceive to be sort of illegal street racing uh, and suddenly <laughs> you hear a, a mighty trumpet come and you look to to the side and you see that there is scaffolding around the building and it looks as if that there is an assortment of mice that have come to greet you and they are blowing into trumpets and there's mice on drums and they're making sweet sweet beautiful music and you hear in their little mice voices saying all hail marley the goddess of the music and creativity all hail arcus 
God of petty nuisances. We've heard rumors of petty annoyances. Uh, uh, grievances. Petty grievances. The, the God has spoken. Arcus is the God of petty grievances. <laughs> and, and there's a mighty cheering uh, from uh, a section of, of the mice that are all wearing a different oddly shaped hats. Arcus just joins in. Yeah! They they cheer louder. They they they're just yeah. it's going off. There is a party in in the Arcus section, uh, and there's a whole uh, a battalion of uh, battle mice amongst them, and and they are crying out, "Where is Banfor, God of Death?" And and they're looking at you quizzically. Isn't <laughs> uh, that ironic? Yeah. And Mali Mali says. Like, not even, like, condescendingly or anything, kind of kneels down and, like, almost like a courtly gesture and is like, I have grave matters to speak to you all on. Should I do this here? It, it, it's okay. There's, there's nothing... Uh, there's nothing private in Banfor City. We share everything. <sighs> Communism. <laughs> <laughs> Communism. is... Wait. In the... Do we know he's in the... Um, Bamfor is in the in-between. Ah, that sounds like the god of death. We should have expected it. That is that is fine. Um, he, uh, he has not made contact with Sorgamol, but he has oh. not returned to us either. Sorgamol, we, we do not know of the Sorgamol. We just... Sorgamol gave him his axe. Ah, Sorgamol sounds like a cool guy then. We like Sorgamol. And there's a erupting from the crowd just yelling, Sorgamol, Sorgamol. But in little mouse voices, so so go more, so go more. I'll make it a chorus in post. <laughs> Thank you. Nice. Uh, and you uh, spy in in the, in the crowd one mouse who's uh, slightly larger, and it looks like he's beckoning you. To... It's not Peter the Rat, is it? <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, it, it looks like he's sort of beckoning you to sort of follow him, and he starts running along the sort of scaffolding, sort of leading you somewhere. Yeah, Molly gets to her feet and follows. Following along. Brilliant. So you sort of get away from the crowd a bit, and the crowd, they sort of disperse. They look like they're going back to their sort of busy lives. And and so this mouse, he sort of comes, is, is sort of, he's, he's on the sort of edge of the banister, sort of trying to get to you, and he's sort of saying, Um, I, I need your help. Okay. Anything we can do for Bamfor's friends? Uh, yeah, cool. The city, it's, it's not, it's not in a good way. This situation is very fraught. There's a whole bunch of mouse factions. And he's sort of, he's going to explain to you pretty much how Banfor City kind of operates. There's sort of a parliament, but they're ineffective. They're, they're corrupt. They're, they're, they're just pretty much for the show, the illusion of, of power. Really, there is a, a secret cabal of, we don't like to call ourselves mice. We, um, we prefer the term Kiori. So we are the Kiori. And, and there's a... There's an Aluma Mousy of the of the hint. <laughs> <laughs> so we're rejecting communism and moving Aluma on to Mousy. the Got it. The Aluma Mousy. The Aluma Mousy. Got it. And uh, they 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 pretty much secretly run things, and I've done my best to to keep them at peace. But it seems that uh, some of the heads of the factions they're getting a bit power mad. They they want to take power for themselves. And, and so, what once was a bit of a balance uh, in order to sort of protect ourselves against the biglings. There's some, um, 
there's there's some of the Illuminati who uh, who kind of want to disturb that peace. They kind of want to conquer more more of the city, and I I, le- I I fear that that would lead to great conflict. And um, you guys. So wait, the the Illuminati want to take over more of the city, sort of Bamford push the walls kind of scenario. Well, not not all of them. Some of them. There there's some who are happy. Some of them. Um, yeah, there are, there are, so, so pretty much there are kind of, you see the battle mice, they're controlled by, uh, by certain sections of the Illuminati, um, and they kind of act as the guards. I like, like whisper to Marley, I'm like, are we sure this guy's not just like a conspiracy nut? I think he's, I, look. He's watched a few videos on YouTube. Um, so. <laughs> I think he might be on some sort of website. Yeah, so so Marley whispers back to Arcus, this does not surprise me at all in the mice that Bamfor left behind. <laughs> like, oh, um, the, this mouse, he sort of sees you sort of a bit, you know, not believing him. No, it's not, it's not, not leave, like, you know, Marley's, tr- she's almost got like a stick and she's trying to draw it out in the dirt, you know, like she's trying to get her head around how all the factions work. Like, yeah, it's more like that. So he runs down and he, he grabs a stick and he um, pretty much draws the city for you. And I have a map and if I had a camera, I would show you. But it's set up into four sections. In the very center of the map, he, he draws a giant circle. And he, he explains to you that the circle is the agricultural zone. This is where they grow all their food and uh, all their drugs. And uh, they also have grown an apple orchard. Well, they're starting to grow an apple orchard as well, of course, in honor of the great apple squatteth. Uh, and uh, to the side of the circle, there are four roads, which are leading into the main city of uh, Stonemore. Uh, around the uh, city, there is, of course, the wall. And, of course, in the gaps left, there are four sections. One is the manufacturing section, and this is where the factories, the textile mills, the construction yards, the, the blacksmiths, the workshops, pretty much if you can build it, it's found in this section. And he explains that this section is run by two mouse brothers called Clark and Bruce. In the southeastern corner is the residential section, and that is split into uh, three sections, a uh, smaller section. There is the elite section, there is the middle class section, and in the southeast of the southeastern corners, there is a, a tiny little vice district of its own. Just <laughs> sad to see that classism still exists around the, mon- the mice. Yeah. Well, he, he explains that the elite. Ar- ar- amongst the mouses. Oh, the the kiori, they they kiori, yeah, it yeah. Is the tereo word for mouse, um, or yeah. rats, or mouse. Yeah, it's tereo. He explains that the elite mice, the mice that were originally on Banfor's armor, that travelled with Banfor, uh, and that all the other mice uh, were just mice that have come in from uh, the city and the surrounding lands, and so the elites are sort of the Banfor originals, or the BOs as they like to call themselves. Uh, and all the elites are from this class. To the southwest is the commercial zone. So this is where all the shops are, all the malls, all the markets. Uh, if you want to buy something, you buy it from this zone. And this is run by uh, two Kiori called Alfie and Rosie. And he explains that Alfie controls the internal trade. Uh, and he is the oldest of the Kiori. He is the leader of the Illuminati. And... Uh, he is a, a wise old mouse, um, but he's afraid that he's going to die soon. And unfortunately, when Alfie dies, 
he's afraid that that is when the other factions are going to start to war with each other. He's kind of the one who is keeping the peace. And he controls internal trade within the city. If you want to buy or sell anything within the within Banfor City, so a little piece of it goes through Alfie. And that uh, Rosie controls the import and export trade. So she controls the trade between Banfor City and uh, the Greater Stonemore. Uh, and so that she's uh, collecting tariffs and uh, pretty much if you want to sell anything to the biglings, which is what they call all you bigger races, that is going through Rosie. And of course, to the northwestern corner is uh, the most complicated zone. It is the military political university temple zone. <laughs> he says that that is where the barracks um, for the battle mouse are found, as well as the temple of Banfor. There is also the political zone. Uh, there's the temple zone, of course, which has a temple to Mali and a newly built temple to Arcus. And there's the university slash hospital zone, which is the zone of learning, where uh, the mice are going to, you know, just explore this new sentience thing that they have. Is there a trestle spoon temple or a temple spoon? Temple spoon? There is. Uh, there is a temple spoon, but he his is found in uh, the orchard and he is the god of apples. And postman, and postman. Yes, the god of apples and postman. If you want to send an apple through the post, you're praying to Trisselsman. I gotta say, Waffles, when you told me you'd done so much work, I was, I had no idea it was this, and I'm, I'm just, I'm loving this. Thank you. <laughs> also, so I'm definitely gonna need a map <laughs> if I'm gonna need to interact in this. I wrote notes, but I, I, yeah, I'll take a picture and post it. Yeah, and so he says that there are two mice, are uh, two kiori called Popcorn and Kobe, and they're pretty much the leaders of the military. And Popcorn is um, in charge of the internal guards, um, otherwise known as the Brute Squad, and they're the ones who sort of quote unquote keep order within Banfor City. And Kobe controls the external guards and they are the ones that are manning the walls and kobe he's the youngest of the Illuma mousy and he's the one who's pushing for expansion he's the one who is training his forces to try to invade the world of the biglings and so he pretty much explains all this to you and says you're gods right you can you can do something about this you you can help me keep order Oh, my name is um, Cool Beans, by the way, if you want to know. If you want to call me something, Cool Beans. <laughs> well, it's good to be a god. This feels like an Eldorado situation. <laughs> we just go in. Yeah. It's very Eldorado, actually, isn't it? We just go in and apparently we're already gods. <laughs> the mighty and powerful gods. Bring me the gold. <laughs> <laughs> Gold? Do you want gold? We can get you gold. We've got gold. <laughs> I was, I was joking. I was, jo- I, I just, I saw a play called El Dorado once. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, I'm sort of fresh out of ideas. I've been trying to keep order. I'm, I'm also part of the Illuma Mousy myself. <laughs> but um, well, mm. nobody, nobody listens Underway. to me. <laughs> um, yeah. Do, do we? <laughs> yeah. Do you have so, any suggestions on how we could help with that? Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of do. I, I was wondering if you guys could somehow set up a uh, public conference, a, a peace conference between Queen Shan and the, the, the Parliament, and that, that would give the Parliament legitimacy, take the power away from the Illuma Mousy, and um, legitify Banfor City 
as uh, a political state and so that way they wouldn't hold the threat of the biglings over us because they keep saying that all oh, the biglings are going to take their, their district back and so they sort of use fear of, of the bigger races to really hold power and so if you could do something about that that would be really helpful all right okay so you want us to be your diplomats um yeah oh my god can we can we get diplomatic status can we get little badges that say like Bamford town diplomat yes I want diplomatic immunity. I don't know yes. what that is, but I want it. I want diplomatic <laughs> immunity too. I, whatever that means. All right, add to your character sheets that you're now immune from diplomacy. <laughs> <laughs> We're immune from diplomacy or immune. <laughs> yeah, any um any diplomatic attacks just bounce right off you. Nice. <laughs> Persuasion checks, deception checks. <laughs> no, just diplomatic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someone's just like, hey, can you not do that? And you're like, um, I'm going to do whatever I want. Because I oh, yeah, draw me a D100 on the diplomacy curse. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, you got a 34. You um, destroy a nearby um, small island nation. <laughs> he, he says, uh, one last thing to you. He says, um, somebody who might be able to help you with this and go into the, the city of Stonemore and try to find a coffee vendor called Hot Beans. Hot Beans, the coffee vendor. Oh, God. And he'll help you. I, I hope. And and with that, he, he dashes off into a little mouse hole, a curie hole, in, 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 in a nearby building and is gone. I miss the days when I gave a mouse a note to carry and took it all the way to Bamford, who can't read. <laughs> <laughs> that led to this. <laughs> Now mice are giving you diplomatic missions. It's amazing. What is this game? Goblin piss and political mice mysteries. I mean, that's the new name. We're rebranding Goblin piss. I'm having a flashback of Bamford actually saying that he was installing a parliament of mice. I'm fairly sure he, he yeah. did, and that's where the whole inspiration for this came from. Yeah, he did actually say that. So now I'm like. God damn it, some offhand comment from Oliver Scripps has now become this whole thing and that's kind of crazy and amazing. You know what I mean? Like just an offhand kind of yeah, just putting them in Parliament of Mice. Well, I think first we should go to the vendors, personally. I mean I mean I also I just get this stuff in the rain. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I have a real desire to go to see what my temple looks like. I mean Marley has been asking people for forever, have you heard of me? And this seems like the one worship place me, where, they, me. where they actually okay. have heard of it. <laughs> then what we'll do, if you want to have a brief diversion there, each of you roll a religion check, and the higher your number, the better your temple is, and the better, like, worshipping your followers are. 13. So I got a 17. Okay. You find... Uh, uh, waffles, are there... Are there temples nearby? Yeah, they're, one they're in the temple district. And so, so the way I sort of said, I, I'm envisioning this, is you've entered from the south. And so if you head north, uh, so to the northwest, uh, you'll, northwest, you'll find the temple district. And so you will see uh, the apple orchard. And behind the apple orchard is some old buildings that uh, you think were once temples potentially to one of the other gods that they have uh, begun to convert in, into your temples and so you see Kiori-sized effigies 
of you guys pretty much surrounding these buildings. And so there's all these statues and and paintings and mosaics. So are these big bigling buildings? Yes. Oh, every every building in uh, in Benfor City is a bigling building that used to be part of the Vice District that is slowly over the course mm. of time being converted into a Kiori building. That makes sense. It feels a little sacrilegious <laughs> to be taking what 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 temples are they? Uh, do we know who who's which gods we're going to anger by having our um so um, they they were because they were in the vice district so were they temples stonemore has its own temple district yeah. so they wouldn't have they wouldn't have been big grand temples that were already here in the vice district but they still could have been sort of smaller ramshackle they, they look like temples to zinth it is zinth isn't it god of lies okay yeah. god of lies yeah so it looks like it was an old rundown temple of Zinth that has been converted into the Temple of Mali. And it looks like the uh, Temple to Arcus is just um, a whole bunch of... Just a cloud. Just Yeah, well, it, they've tried to make it as cloudy as possible. And so pretty much it's, it's white and it's wet. And so they've taken pretty much everything white and <laughs> like everything it. that they can find that's wet and uh, sort of constructed because you keep on changing your shape it's almost like they built the temple to change shapes with you <laughs> as um as you approach you see a whole bunch of fury like quickly like oh my god it's arcus and they sort of start reconstructing the building to look like roughly how you look now <laughs> oh my god cute they construct yes. hats on top of it and every day, every morning, there's a team of mice who's, or of Kiori whose job it is to throw buckets of water on the temple yep. to make sure it stays wet. <laughs> as I know a, you were going there's a whole like, team that chooses out the hats and then <laughs> decides which is appropriate. And... Um, so yeah, there are your temples. Uh, how do Mali and Arcus feel? I feel like it's my purpose to become a god now. <laughs> <laughs> you already said Arcus was close. I feel like I can do it. <laughs> I've seen the temple. Uh, I've realized my destiny. I'm divine. <laughs> Whereas Marley has that moment where she's like, you know, she she gets her like, she says, maybe you've heard of me. And they're all like, yeah, Marley. You know, like, yes. all like as you approach, you pretty much hear a chorus that says, Marley Craft. We've heard of you, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me so happy. She she kind of goes kind of almost the other way. She's like, "Oh, this is this is amazing. This is everything I ever wanted." But also, here's a bunch of people who are just really into music, and she just wants to know what they're like singing, what they're playing. If she can help, if she could show them her saxophone, like. You know, like, she just wants to, like, nerd out about oh, yeah. music. They have constructed every known instrument uh, in the world of Iceland, plus a few that they've invented themselves. Uh, and so they've got saxophones, they've got stringed instruments, wind instruments, they've got, yeah. uh, you know, they've somehow found an old piano, which they've converted in into a giant organ. And Amazing. so there's a whole, whole bunch of mice that will, or kiori, that will run up the sides uh, of this giant organ and they will jump down on specific keys in rhythm in, in order to make music. Yeah. A young mouse or young kiori, clearly a child, 
like scuttles up to you, Marley, and tugs very gently on your trouser leg, wanting your attention. Yeah, and I look down and I'm, I sort of like, you know, go down but not intimidatingly down. I'm like, yeah? And then to your face, this tiny, cute little baby Curie says, Is it true you've played with Spritey McSteam face? He's our favourite. <laughs> and and she's... But see, the thing is, just she's not even mad at this moment because she knows what happened to Spritey. They beat the crap out of Spritey. Well, they didn't, but somebody else did. So she's just like, oh, yeah, I've played with Spritey several times. Mm-hmm. He said I was really good. Wow. Scuttles away. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I want to know what some of the made-up instruments are. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so... <laughs> Excellent. That, you didn't have that before. <laughs> no, it, yeah, flutes. <laughs> so they've got instruments that literally cannot be played with two hands, that have to be played with a tail. So uh, massive sort of, it's, it's like a saxophone, but it's got three, you know, tubes instead of just the one. And so they're sort of holding it, uh, you know, in sort of with two hands and the tail, and they're sort of playing it with all three appendages at the same time. And some of them have elaborately crafted, you're not quite sure whether it's clothing or an instrument, and they're dancing. And as they're dancing, they're making music at the same time as bells are ringing. And as they sort of move their arms, there's, uh, you know, slits in their clothing, which catch the wind and make music out of that as well. You, 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 you look at the temple and you start seeing that there are aspects of the temple that as you interact with them will, will make sound as well. And so as even as the Kiori are running up and down stairs or sliding down poles or, you know, going down slides, there is a rhythm and, and a music to it. And so mm. the entire temple itself is a loving homage to the uh, musical arts. And you get 10,000 Kiori running laps around the inside of this building and the sound it makes is You, you see the street that the temple is on is, is called Baker Street and you're not quite sure why. <laughs> and then randomly, Marley just finds herself singing Jurassic, Jurassic Park out of nowhere. <laughs> and they all start singing with you. <laughs> the yeah. has spoken! Jurassic, yeah. Jurassic Park. <laughs> I love that you do that to Careless. It's Careless Whisper, right? Yeah. Yes. 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 I think so. Yes. yes. Yeah. Because you can it just wasn't... do it to Jurassic Park theme. No. But... <laughs> Jurassic Park. In Jurassic Park. That wasn't even That's me. Every time I listen to it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was Oliver that started yep. that. Yeah, and it has just continued from sitting in Oliver's house, getting drunk and eating KFC. Those very, very early episodes where we were just all over the place. And oh we God, just decided that that's, that's how that worked. That song worked because I mentioned I wanted a, a saxophone and that's the only song we knew, but nobody knew the lyrics. <laughs> so we just did Jurassic Park and that's it. That's the story of that. Like, it's very uninspiring, but it's kind of just stuck. And now every fatey can sing it, and it's hilarious to me. Like, it makes no sense, but it just makes me laugh so bad. Ugh. Bless. Bless our stupidness. Um, okay, so you've checked out your temples, and what now? 
Molly is in love, and when she leaves, she she sort of says, "Don't forget, without the silence, there is no beauty in the music." And that's the last thing she says as she leaves the temple. She told us to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you see a whole bunch of Kyori just run, and they start chiseling that into a nearby wall. <laughs> I think we should go to the Elfie and Rosie. Are we going to the? Yeah, yeah. Um, isn't it? We probably want to go to Alfie because he's the buyer or seller guy, rather than Rosie, who's the importer exporter chick. I thought Rosie was the person if you were big to talk to. I thought you were going to Hot Beans, the coffee vendor outside the city. No, we've still got to get Rain's outfit. How, how is Rain reacting to all this, by the way? Can I get a Rain check? A Rain check. <laughs> <laughs> on my on my shoulder, and that's the end of everything. <laughs> Brad, why have you not ever said, "Can I get a rain check?" Holy shit, that's funny. Because I'm not as smart or funny or charming as Waffles. That's Thank true. You. Got him. Uh, yes. So how is how is Rain? She's good. She's come out. She's she's sitting out on my on my shoulder, and I think she's just taking everything and it's it's obviously a lot more advanced than when i picked her up <laughs> uh, she's she's kind of the silent observer type cool uh so you guys head south into the commerce district and you see a whole bunch of you you think there were other houses or pubs or something or whatever and they've got the the walls uh, cut out of them so they're just massive windows and you see all of the walls inside these buildings as you pass by are just chock full of mouse sized items anything and everything that you could possibly want to buy you see a um a shop that's uh, selling cats to ride they they uh, you know they can sell rabbits and you see a little a little mouse just go and they slap a rabbit and they go this bad boy oh he can unrush any cat i'll tell you that uh, and they, they're even selling uh, these sort of lizard creatures. And you hear them sort of saying, well, oh, yeah, you can ride this tuatar up and down a wall, no sweat. Uh, you know, they're selling uh, they're selling Kia. And it's just like, oh, man, you can fly. Yeah, this is, you know, that's the fastest travel you get from one side of Banfor City to the other in no time at all. This will revolutionize the industry, I'll tell you that much. Anything and everything you could possibly want is here, but it's the, the size uh, meant for Kiori. Those cares would be good demolition. Oh, yeah, like they are pretty much being used that way. If there's a building that needs to come down, there's a whole bunch of Kiori riding their cares and uh, using the, the beaks to take apart ever so gently because uh, they kind of want to reuse everything uh, real big into recycling Benfor City uh, everything's um, everything has a function and there's a function for everything and yes Akia are their sort of demolition experts and a whole bunch of uh, little Kiori and hard hats uh, you know just walking down the street uh, with a couple of Kia just following along just dragging a, a log behind them um, did we find a yeah, do we know which store to go into to find people? With mice uh, the, the, if we need to? Kiori, uh, if you're looking for armor, there's an armor store. Yes, let's go to the armory. The uh, so you mouse armory. <laughs> Mousery, but that doesn't work. Um. <laughs> uh, so you go, there's uh, blacksmiths that you, that you see that's called the Broken Tooth. And uh, there is a very hardy-looking Kiori 
hammering away at some armor in, in the background and a sort of slightly smaller, maybe a, a apprentice Kyori uh, sort of sees you coming and he sort of quickly dusts himself off and sort of runs uh, uh, to the counter and he, he strikes a pose to look charming. He wants to sort of impress you. He sort of, uh, you know, licks a paw and combs his, his messy hair back and yeah, he, he's sort of like, ah, oh, our customers, ah. Oh. Oh, yeah, I deal with customers all the time. Yeah. He looks like Leonardo DiCaprio in the engine room of the Titanic. <laughs> yes, exactly. But as, as a mouse. Um, I take Rain off my shoulder and I like to put her down at the counter. And I'm like, you can go pick out what you want. And to the uh, the merchant on counter, I'm like, hey, could you please take care of my uh, my beautiful friend here, Rain, uh, and find her some appropriate armor to protect her. Oh, oh be- beautiful. Oh, she'll be uh, she'll be taken good care of, I'll, I'll tell you that. And he, he gives you a wink, and, and he leads her away, and <laughs> then what begins is uh, a it wasn't montage. for anything. Take <laughs> yeah. uh, care of it. Yeah. I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. She winds up dead. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, she, what, what, uh, you, you then get a montage of these changing rooms and, and uh, the, the apprentice will go and he'll select a whole bunch of different uh, armors and give them to Rain and Rain will go into the changing room and she'll come out and look at you approvingly and, and you'll shake your head and she'll go back in and change and you'll come out and you'll shake your head and then you'll go back in and change and, and, and then she comes out and she's looking absolutely stunning, some armor that fits her beautifully and I will, and just a flavor, <laughs> yes, and I, and I will let you describe uh, what armor she's chosen if you'd like. Um, this is great. Uh, I know all about armors, so I can do this really detailedly. Um, (laughs) I know all about armors, so I can do this really detailedly. I love it. Uh, I was trying to give you more time to think. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't help. Um, no thoughts, head empty. Uh, she, she's got some chain mail. Um, and she's got like... Uh, obviously a much smaller version of uh, plate armor over the top. It's sort of, um, oh wait, plate armor, you know what? I take it back. I think first knighting, like like looking like she's on one of the- I've I've disagreed with myself. Um, (laughs) I'm trying to think this is, hmm, hmm. Is there a movie? (laughs) That is such a good idea. Fill in the blank while I Google something quickly. Okay. All right. Well, Marley can go shopping for yes. Marley stuff if she wants. For Marley stuff? No, because I imagine like they're doing a fairly good trade of all sorts of stuff. You know, just because they're mice doesn't mean they only like my stuff, right? Yeah, but all the bigling stuff is you. you so as you look down and you see uh, a whole herd of guinea pigs dragging a fairly large for a Kyori cart. Uh, full of bigling-sized weapons and armor and, you know, books and, you know, wands and other such things that uh, people in a fantasy world would possibly want. Uh, but it's mm. very uh, finely made. It, it's some of the greatest craftsmen, like the detail, because they've got little little hands, they can really mm. uh, get that detail down, down tight. And so all the chain mail, the links are just so 
you know, beautifully welded together that they're almost seamless. And and it's sort of being taken out of the city and and what you're sort of assuming is a a delivery that's being made. And it's being flanked by battle mice. uh, Yeah. I pointed it and I'm like, where did that come from? Oh, the, um, the manufacturing district. Just as a random Kyori as he's, as he's walking past. Yeah, and I'm like, huh. And that Somali sort of wanders off in that direction looking for where that stuff will have come from, you know? Like, right. yeah. You just see the occasional carriage of stuff and you sort of slowly follow it back to the uh, manufacturing district, which is very industrialized. Mm-hmm. You can sort of see that a lot of the... Uh, you sort of have to pass through the agricultural zone. So as you're going through the agricultural zone, you're seeing just there's, there's crops and there's a whole bunch of kiori just around sort of attending the crops but because they're small and crops are generally mm-hmm. sort of quite big. Uh, you know, there's sort of quite a lot of them and they're sort of using a whole assortment of animals. There's, you know, fero who, uh, you know, ducks that they're sort of using to, you know, they're riding around and sort of they're riding the ducks and all the water channels, uh, all the irrigation networks. Uh, and there's, of course, the very stunningly beautiful apple orchard with the uh, Temple of Trestle Spoon, like stuck right in the middle, which is sort of just a, an, uh, the biggest apple tree, which they've sort of converted. And it's sort of just covered in letters and, <laughs> and apples. Uh, and yeah, so you pass through the agricultural zone and you sort of get the very industrialized, uh, you know, manufacturing zone. And uh, you see a whole bunch of sort of Kyori uh, sort of workers and uh, in, in just their sort of tradey clothes, just sort of tiny little Kyori hammers and, and screwdrivers. And Yeah, she's looking for someone that would be like working on a dagger, like that kind of like weapony type stuff, because she saw some of the daggers go out and she noticed like all the really fine engraving and stuff. And so she's like, I want one of those. Like not magic in any kind of way, just like a really cool looking dagger, you know? All right, you, you uh, can roll a d20. Sure. Gladly. 14 straight. Did you want me to add anything oh, to cool. it? Yep. No, yeah, without too much difficulty, like a little a little bit of wandering, but eventually you do find uh, a sort of smithy, but it's a, a big smithy, and it's full of Kyori, all sort of working away on, on sort of armor and, and weapons of all sort. And, uh, you know, sort of little Kyori mm. sort of looks like a Kyori foreman. And so he's mm. sort of got a hard I'm hat. Like, he's got a bit more formal uh, clothing. Kyori, Kyori. Um, hi, I, I've been told this is the f- formal greeting. Um, I'm, I'm interested in buying a dagger. Oh, um, Kyori. Yeah, we, we just make them. Um, are you looking for a... Do you want us to make something special for you? Oh, I mean, yes. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to arrange the purchase elsewhere, but I was just wondering if I could get on on the ground floor. I mean, the work is so incredible. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, what, are you, what are you looking for? Just a, just a regular a dagger? Are you looking for something special? Like, uh, it's it's what, more what, what? the engraving, in, in, in maybe. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, we, if you want, we've got just a couple of regular daggers we're going to ship out, but we could engrave one of them special for you if you'd like. It wouldn't yeah, take too long. That would be amazing if that was okay. Yeah, anything for the god of music. <laughs> um, my my daughter's a, a big fan. 
Oh, oh, that's really precious. I, I, I wonder if I met her at the temple earlier. I, I was there. Um, yeah, yeah. And just sort of, yeah, making small talk, and then it's sort of like, um, I just wonder if you could do. I don't know, something like this. And she pulls out like a piece of paper and it's, you know how like people carry around like that tattoo design that they're thinking about, they carry it around and it's got all these different like symbols and it means something to them. And, you know, they mm -hmm. like hold on to it for a while before they decide to put it anywhere. It's like that. She's been thinking about all these things. So it's got like vines through it. It's got music notes in it. It's got like um, the name craft. It's got apple kind of orchardy, you know, like, and then it's got a little wolf sort of symbol but it's all very scrolled and filigreed and wound you know and she's like i don't know something like this i i don't know if that's doable yeah no we can we can do that that's fine um that'll cost you 30 half bricks oh uh, okay <laughs> and and molly actually like hearing that like actually hearing that she tears up a little bit and you actually see like a, a tear drop down Marley's cheek and she sort of hurriedly wipes it away and she's like Abs absolutely yes I, I, I can do that <laughs> the half brick is just the name of the currency like one half brick is worth about half a copper yeah yeah she, oh, but she, it's, she it's, looking it's at us like, I bet you just because they're doing so much construction, they need bricks. No, but Bamful <laughs> is a man of many half bricks. Um, so it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Amazing callback, Waffles. Amazing callback. Thank you. <laughs> yep, the, the half brick is the currency, and the, the number system that they use is base seven. Because Banfor, the only number that Banfor can recognize is a seven, so all the Kyori uh, can only count up to seven. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. This is so deep, he, deep cuts. Thank you. Um, so he he takes the design and he says, uh, "Yeah, if you um come back tomorrow about the same time, that should be finished by then. I'll get the bit. I'll get the best artisans to um to really make it special. Anything, anything for a god." Thank you, thank thank you so much. This is amazing work that you're doing here, and I really, I, yeah, I, I have to go find my friend and Rain, uh, but I'll, I, yeah, I'll be back tomorrow. Thank you. I like that you're not friends with Rain. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, he, he takes the paper um, very sort of gently in his paws. Yeah, you know, he sort of calls a couple of uh, you know workmen over, and he sort of shows them, and he sort of points, and they sort of get really excited, and they sort of start looking over the design, and they sort of start really sort of scrutinizing it, and they run away to grab, uh, you know, they go through, and they sort of look at all the sort of old daggers, and they're like, no, this isn't good enough, and they sort of go and they open up a vault at the back, and they take out a really, really fancy, fine made dagger, and take that out, and they sort of start looking at each other and be like, yeah. Yeah, this is this is gonna be an amazing dagger. Nice. Yep. Thirty and a half half bricks. Um and Arcus, how's that armor that um that Rain's got on? Yeah, you know what? It will be plate. Um <laughs> I put a little um picture in the group chat if anyone wants to look at what I was thinking, but um or inspired by it. But yeah, a little plate armor, top half of a little helmet and uh, just fabric pants on underneath so she can move um, fast. That's the cutest picture I've ever seen. Right? <laughs> oh my God, I love it. <laughs> cool, so that is now what Rain is wearing. Yeah, so you've got your armor, 
for rain that you came for. You've got, uh, or you've placed an order for an ornate mouse-designed dagger. Um, would you jump on the railroad of trying to find this coffee vendor now, or would you yeah. explore this city further? <laughs> Is Waffles losing their crap in the background? Or, or would you want to jump on the other railroad of, you know for a fact Haydet has something to say to you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm way more interested in the hot beans, cold beans thing, so I'm going after hot beans. <laughs> okay, that's fine. We're gonna die, aren't we, Brad? Are we gonna die? No, okay. No. You know what? Fuck it. I will open the locker, okay? <laughs> Before you do, what, what were you saying, JD? I, I think I will just grab. I'll grab Raina, um, a little like like a fencing rapier. That's the word. Okay. Grab her a rapier. Throw one in on the house. Like all this is on the house. Like it's very clearly you're not paying for any of this. No half bricks at all. Not even a quarter brick. Not even one eighth of a brick for this. Uh, you have my my blessing, my blessing upon you, child. And uh, you, you see the apprentice mouse sort of give Rain a wink and blow a kiss her way, and he, he blushes and, and sort of hurriedly uh, scurries away. <laughs> Paint me like one of your French mice. <laughs> what is French for mouse? La mouse. Moose. No. Suri. All right. Suri. Like Suri. That's his name. That's that's the apprentice's name. Suri. Okay, so you leave Banfor City and head back to the land of the biglings towards the merchants district in the center of town where like the killing grounds and stuff are. Mm. Um, make make just make an investigation check just to summarize how all this goes, searching for this vendor. Oof. If it's easy or not. Not good. On my front. Five. Seven. Okay, yeah, it takes you quite a while you look around the merchants district of stonemore and you, you're a bit disoriented because you've just come from this completely other world a few blocks over and you're back in amongst bigger people and moving around is a bit harder and you you're surprised how climatized you became to banfor city and being surrounded by much smaller creatures than yourselves so yeah it takes you a while but you eventually Arcus always climatizes because <laughs> Arcus is a cloud. Wait, what? I thought it was a sex joke, <laughs> punning around almost the ne- almost the word climax. But um, you would crazy. you would think that sex joke that's on you and your dirty mind. I was yeah, like climate, that, climate change. You know, with the cloud thing. That's where I went. Yeah. Okay. I'm a bad man. So it takes you a while. You ask around, but you eventually find this vendor, this coffee vendor called Hot Beans. And you enter the store and... Well, it's not so much a store as it is a, a hog-drawn uh, coffee cart. <laughs> okay, yep, retcon. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, and so there is a halfling riding the hog with the steam pouring out of this contraption at out out the back and you sort of hear the beans jingling as the hog is very slowly making its way uh, through the streets and he's yelling hot coffee hot coffee get your coffee hot coffee nice and fresh does it come with hot beans <laughs> ah you've heard of me yeah we make cool beans cool ah oh. ah at the name of Cool Beans, he jumps off the hog and he gives it a, a sort of friendly pat and he sort of says, um, all, all right, all right, mate, uh, 
it's been a good day. You've been you've been a good hawk, but I'm going to need you to head back now. And he sort of sends the the hawk on its way, and the hawk sort of slowly trundles off with this contraption on its back. It, it knows the way home. He comes over and he sort of beckons you into into a dark alleyway. Hogs are really smart. They are. Because Foxworthy was the best. Wait, did did you say Foxworthy? And Marley like stops dead with big eyes. Yeah. And it's like, you know my good boy, Foxworthy? I mean he's not my good boy, but he is a good boy. <laughs> he sort of points off to the to the hog uh, that just trotted off and he says, Yeah, best hog I ever bought. Like, are you serious? Yeah, he, he owns Foxworthy. With the uh, big Pac Man shaped white patch on his side. I, I was gonna say on his yeah, because if Marley sees that patch she would go running yeah. after that hog to hug it. Like, so hard. Oh, yeah. It's Foxworthy! Yay! Foxworthy is back! Remember good boy Foxworthy from back in chapter one? I wonder what Haydet so urgently wants to tell our heroes. Ah, who cares? Foxworthy! What a rich and vibrant little world Waffles has built with Banfor City. That's awesome! Thanks, Waffles! That is going to be a really cool place to set some great little stories in the near future. I look forward to seeing what the Kiori can get up to when the biglings aren't watching. We couldn't make this show without the love and help and good vibes from our awesome Patreon supporters. They are... Alex White Robinson, person who wants to stay anonymous, Robert Baldino from Not Quite Heroes Podcast, Irene Coochie, Laura Christine Goodwin and James Blasser from Wheeler Woe Podcast, Ija Hodgkins, Laura Douglas, Mel Ziegler, Roger Afamata, Sam Malcolm from Table Tales, Kyron F- Kydron Fels, Lauren Flake, Kai Dealer, Rihanna Kavalsa, Kevin Zriff from the Dice Cult, Ben Edwards, blah, 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 Ben Edwards, the Victorian Gavin Porter, Daniel Nichols from the Happy Go Lucky Podcast, KP Squished, Alexandra Lickkites, Andrew Evans, Danny Holman from the Grow Out of It Podcast, Kevin Carver, Dakota Shemansky, Damian Lebreton, Andrew M, and Alexander Waffles Williams. Oh, I made a few mistakes in that one. Damn, I'm off my game. I'm off my game. Uh, if anybody else wants to add their name to that list and f- make it even harder for me to do, find out how at patreon.com slash fateorvison. Or just drop us a sweet review somewhere. We like that. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, Podchaser. It will just tell your mum that Fate of Vison is cool. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. We will probably find out what hate it wants in the next episode. Ciao for now. Brad, you did not just say ciao for now. Yes, I did. Dork. Hey, Waffles. Hey, Mario. Hey, we've got 30 seconds to talk about what our podcast is about. What do you want to do? Oh, uh, Waffles and Mario talk about things. Mm. Uh, it's a... Um, how, do you, how would you describe the podcast? I describe it as a podcast where both of us being funny people talk about things that we find funny. Well, does Do we have to find it funny? No, or? we don't. We very rarely find things funny. Can we just talk about things and then we find the humor in that? Maybe. I don't know. I don't laugh. I'm not. A, I'm a sociopath. You are. Yeah. And so are you. I am. And that's what, that's what our podcast is about. The two sociopaths talking about things. Yes. Necropoticon. Hard to pronounce? Easy to listen.